What's good in the neighborhood, folks? Uh, it's about football season. That's what's good. It is good. It's actually great. That's the real answer. Uh, we are <coughs> less than a month away from the start of college football. I'm like, so excited. This is this is happening. It's happening quickly. Um, we, in the meantime, we're going to be going through each and every conference in Division One football, and talking about every team, at least a little bit, and giving our opinions on how the season's going to go. So this is this is going to be a pretty big undertaking. Uh, a lot of research went into this. A lot of help from the, the big dudes all around here. Uh, also. Potentially some exciting guests in this series. Uh, stay tuned, folks. This should be a very fun and action-packed month leading up to the start of college football. Uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too, man. I just can't hide it. It's gonna it's gonna be a you, long couple well. months. <laughs> you, I'm what? <laughs> you're hiding, you're hiding pretty, pretty well, well. Man. I can't tell. Can't tell at all. Uh, <laughs> so to kick us off today, we're going to be talking about Conference USA, the Mid-America Conference, and also a couple of the FBS independent schools. You'll notice one of those is missing. That's because they're kind of in the ACC at this point. I think it's just fair to call Notre Dame an ACC school. Yeah, uh, facts. We've been they honestly don't now. really fit. Yeah, right. They honestly don't really fit with the other independents anymore. So, yeah, we... Uh, We'll be talking about Notre Dame with the ACC once we get there. In the meantime, we're going to start off our conference preview series for 2023. With the best with, conference of all. That's best. That's debatable. <laughs> I would best. fight that. <laughs> Teams are fleeing from this conference. I would never call I'm this the best. I'm just saying I would unironically take any Conference USA team over Alabama. Like, you know. I believe you. Wow! Yep. Thanks for the I thanks mean, for the vote of confidence there. Damn, it's your money. <laughs> yep, because you're a Miami oh, Dolphins oh. fan, so wait, you're obviously wait, a stupid oh. idiot. Well, I'm definitely taking the SEC. <laughs> oh man! All right, so Conference USA has had a lot of changes this season. It all kind of happened very quickly. So when, if you guys haven't kept up with all the real. Uh, relocations, whatever you want to call them for college football, the conference realignments. Uh, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF all decided to leave the American Athletic Conference. And the American said, hey, we would like to not have three fewer teams. We actually want three more. So they took six teams out of Conference USA. Uh, <laughs> like... Most of the good ones. <laughs> Let's be real. Well, yeah, they didn't take the shitty ones. That would be. And the, they, they took a couple of the shitty ones, but <laughs> they did. Yeah, they did. Let's not let's not act like they took all the best teams. I mean, Western Kentucky, MTSU, and Liberty are all still in Conference USA, and that's about the well, entire conference. Well, Liberty is a recent addition to try to make up for those losses. Mm -hmm. Liberty was independent as recently as last season. They yeah, got they invited took a to homeless team and gave them a home. Yes. Also, and now they're going to suffer with Conference USA referees, so mistakes were made. That is true. Um, also, Conference USA called up two recent FCS powers, if you want to call them that. Jacksonville State was never exactly that. Um, so they had some really great seasons as of late. And Sam Houston State won a national championship in the COVID season, the spring season, whatever you want to call it, in the FCS. Then everybody's like, wow, they had such a down year last year. Maybe Conference USA made a mistake. No, they told all of their guys to redshirt last year so that they'd be ready to go for the FBS season. So Sam Houston State's looking to come out the gate swinging, and we might they, see a lot but, of new and improved Conference USA. They, still, they still went <laughs> five and four. Like, they were just fine. Right. Well, here's the killer, though, is even if they come out the gate swinging, they still can't go play for a conference championship. So, 
That is correct. Just ask James Madison last year in the Sun Belt, which we're not talking about today. Uh, also, keep in mind, next season we'll be back up to 10 teams in Conference USA. Kennesaw State is still in the transition period from the FCS to the FBS. This is their last season in the FCS. They'll be independent for this season. Uh, but coming up to Conference USA pretty soon. So we are we have a shortened roster for Conference USA, only nine teams this year, which is why in this episode of the podcast, if you're listening to us on audio, we will also get to the smaller school independents in this show. Uh, Army, Connecticut, and Massachusetts will also be on this audio version of the podcast. Live, you're going to get this plus uh, plus something else. So check us out on Twitch. You get bonus bonus content. Ooh. <laughs> or just listen to two, two episodes of the show. You'll get the same information. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, so the idea is we'll go through each team alphabetically. We'll talk about some non-conference games we're looking forward to because that's always fun. Everybody kind of knows what the conference games are going to be. At least most conferences anymore are slowly, if not this year, phasing out a division schedule format so everybody's gonna be playing everybody in most conferences at least over the course of two years Uh, but the non-conference schedules can still be really fun we want to talk about a couple of those and then we'll give our predictions for who we think has a shot at winning this specific conference so going alphabetically that would kick us off with florida international before we go there do you guys want to say anything else about the conference as a whole I mean, it's it's the stepping stone to just about every other conference in the FBS. So that's what it's turned into. It's pretty rough. It's the it's, it's the entry point into the FBS, <laughs> which is depressing. I mean, you've had some really strong teams coming out of Conference USA the past couple of years. You know, UTSA rebuilt their program in Conference USA into a powerhouse, and right. now they're in the American. I this. When you when we talk about conference realignment, you know everybody focuses on the the Power Five conferences and how it's destroying classic rivalries and all this and that. Really, what it's doing more than anything is killing Conference USA. But Conference USA is hung around through all of it. This is a vastly different conference than it was fifteen years ago, and it's still here and still kicking. So, vastly different is an understatement. Somehow, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and jump in then with Florida International. They are returning their head coach, Mike McIntyre, coming back for only his second season so far. A couple of interesting pieces on this team, but honestly, I don't know if we're expecting a whole lot out of FIU. I think that's kind of fair at this point. They haven't shown us too much. Uh, Fighting for bowl relevance would be would show some improvement for Mark McIntyre. I don't expect he's on a hot seat or anything. At the same time, everyone around the school understands this is a this is a rebuild project. I feel like FIU is always in a rebuild project though. Like they have one or two teams every few years, but it's not a consistent like hey every 3 or 4 years like some of these other kind of borderline schools are. This one is hey when we go into a rebuild it's like 7 eight years before we get any kind of relevance again. Yeah. Well, the day we have FIU and FAU playing well at the same time will be extremely interesting and massively confusing for your average college football fan, but that's not <laughs> going to be this year. I don't think I do expect no. them to make some improvement, maybe get that sixth win and go to a bowl. However, they're going to have to do better in the conference. I mean, yeah, half right. their wins came from out of conference games. That's just not going to cut it. Well, the right. thing is, this year, looking at the conference, those games are winnable, even for even for these guys. This is not one where you have your UTSA powerhouse. Uh, looking at this, their biggest issues this year are probably going to be Liberty and Sam Houston State, but we'll we'll see. And yeah, and Western Kentucky, right? Yeah, and, you know, okay, fair. <laughs> but if you I can go. Say- if you can go five and three in the conference, you're doing pretty good. Oh my gosh, five and three in the conference get Mac, Mac Mark would get Mike McIntyre a, a lot of year extension. And Mikey Mac, a, a place in FIU Hall of Fame already. They, Holy shit, that'd be amazing. Build him a statue. 
Uh, so we do have top six players, top three for offense, top three for defense on this slide as well. I would say their best player, in my opinion, is safety Demetrius Hill on the back end of this defense. Uh, their offense has had its issues recently, but these guys will need to step up in a big way if they want to get to that bowl game. Uh, that's and that's where I'm kind of getting stuck is I don't know where they can take that step forward. Like that, like you said, that offense needs to, I think these games are winnable even to the average, like even to a mediocre team, like these guys are, I just don't know if the pieces are there that they can do it. They're still in the average for the conference, but that that's not saying much. It feels harsh, but also kind of true. It's just where if I use that right now. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm spitting facts here. Like there's nothing I can nothing I'm not gonna lie to you. Right. Uh I guess it's time to go ahead and jump to Jacksonville State here, where they're bringing in they brought in head coach Rich Rodriguez, uh, which is wild to me. That is former head coach for West Virginia, Arizona, and the others one, Michigan. Uh, hey, you said it again. I'm proud of you. Shut the fuck up, dumbass. <laughs> you almost didn't, okay? He, I saw him thinking about it across the stage. I, I have I to. I made a commitment to it, and now you guys are bringing it up, and I just want to shoot you. That's that's where we're at. <laughs> uh, that is not Jackson State. That is Jacksonville State. Now that's a typo. Oh, oops. Um, but Jacksonville State is also confusing for another reason. Not only do they sound like they might be Jackson State, they are Jacksonville State. Jacksonville, Alabama is where they're located and not Jacksonville, Florida, the more famous Jacksonville. Uh, <laughs> oh, I figured it out. I figured out why they jumped up to the uh, FBS. So they can stop being Alabama's punching bag because they usually are. But Alabama no, won't face an FBS team. It's, it's normally Mercer. It's, it, it's, it's rotated between, between a few. It's rotated between like Mercer, Citadel, and uh, somebody else. But never, I don't I haven't seen them play Jacksonville State. I don't know. See. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know, know that I've ever seen them play Jacksonville State. I don't know a whole lot about this Jacksonville State squad. Honestly, I was surprised when they got the call up to Conference USA from the FCS. I would expect them to rely on the running game, though. Anwar Lewis and the front of that offensive line is pretty solid. Um, yeah, I would say they're going to need to rely on that. In a big way. I mean, if you have a running back like Anwar, uh, yeah, Anwar Lewis, that's usually a good sign for you, especially at this level of football. Um, that running game, especially when you get Clay Webb up there locking down that left hand side, means you got good blocking up front. That's that usually helps you succeed at this level. It's not as guaranteed it is in like Pee Wee football, but having that running game that you can rely on to get you decent yards down in and down out is going to be absolutely massive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't know what we have in terms of expectations for Jacksonville State this season. Probably something along the lines of FIU, maybe like a four and eight kind of a year. I don't know if I can actually reasonably expect them to be in a bowl eligibility range. Well, are they even eligible for bowls this year? They're first year up. Yeah, I have no idea. I doubt it, but <laughs> NCAA I, makes decisions on a whim at random. That's it's fair. Up to, it's up to whoever is in the seat of power at the moment. So <laughs> we'll see. I, I am interested <laughs> to see how this goes. Um, I don't know. Like you said, I don't know that they're going to hit that six-win benchmark. I think it's going to be a lesson year for them to really feel where they need to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. They, there's not anybody where I look at the schedule for them and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's definitely a win. Obviously, you got to have that game with Sam Houston circled. If for no other reason than, I mean, it's, it's Sam Houston. FCS call up. Exactly. 
and very recent FCS national champion Sam Houston. So right. We'll we'll see. It's going to be an interesting year for them. I don't know that they're going. I don't. I don't feel like 500 is out of the question for them, though. I feel like that's more possible, ironically, more possible for them than it is for FIU, just because I know that they can perform at a high level. Whereas I don't. I've never ever seen FIU do it. That's that's <laughs> very true. I will say I did have a franchise in NCAA 09 where I had FIU competing for the national title every single year. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not the head coach at FIU in NCAA 09 right now. This is real life. You also can't be using those recruiting points, okay? I know. Those were made it too easy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump to Liberty, their first year in Conference USA with a first-year head coach as well. They were doing so well with Hugh Freeze. He gets the call back to the SEC. And they bring in Jamie Chadwell, who you very well may recognize from Coastal Carolina, where Coastal Carolina had their best seasons, I don't know, ever. Uh, that transition from a longtime head coach to the understudy in Jamie Chadwell just brought Coastal Carolina to new heights like you wouldn't believe. He turned down some FBS offers elsewhere, uh, I heard he had a power five offer from somewhere. He didn't think it was a good fit for him. He waited until the next season and took the chance with Liberty. Um, I kind of understand it and kind of don't at the same time. I feel like the goal prob- probably would be to move to a power five conference at some point as a head coach. At the same time, Liberty is a private school and can pay you as much money as they feel like. So, and they don't Maybe have to tell anybody. Too. Right. Well, the, the this, thing with that, too, though, is I respect a coach that holds off on going to a power five school if it's not a good fit. Right. If he's looking right. for the right fit for him, the coaching career is. I don't want to say thankless, but it's it's harsh. If you don't meet certain benchmark criteria by a certain time, you, you're gone. So take your time, set your team up the way you want it. Go to a school that's not going to rush you out in two years because, well, you just haven't produced because the coach before you was trash. Take your time. Select your school. It's it's always nice to know when a coach is selective of their teams versus the team being selective of the coach. He's I definitely would ex- got, Sorry, go ahead. He's, he's definitely got someone that's going to be probably a, a tougher opponent for week one than I would say most new head coaches would want they're opening the season against bowling green and bowling green's not been great recently but it's definitely going to be tougher than opening against you know pick your fcs school like a lot of these other teams are doing on the plus side he doesn't have to open up against a conference opponent like about half the conference is doing as well it's just going to be a very interesting year he had so much success at coastal carolina and this team is primed to have a good season they're in a very good position with Hugh Freeze and I don't I'm just curious how much the transfer portal is going to affect them because a lot of players probably wanted to go with Freeze but a lot lot of players also probably wanted to follow Jamie Chadwell here well I mean even looking at this it looks like we've had at least two transfers and I don't know where Quentin Cooley played last year but if I'm not mistaken with that blue jersey and that a uh Gadlin I'm not even gonna try and pronounce that first name if I that's not that's not Memphis. That's a, that's a that's a Tulsa jersey. Okay, okay. So even still, coming off of another solid performing team last season, turning around that, and yeah, Quentin Cooley is a transfer from Wake Forest. Yeah, so that's that right there alone is two really good transfer ins that they've got. Uh, that right side of that line is definitely not a concern for me. And if again. They've had a good streak of quarterbacks, but the fact that we're focusing on Quentin Cooley, I don't know. I think this is good for them. Yeah, I'm looking forward to if Jamie Chedwell brings his pretty unique offensive scheme with him from Coastal Carolina. They ran somewhat of a modified option offense, not necessarily a anything close to a pro-style offense, which probably scared away a lot of Power 5 schools to begin with, uh, but if Liberty adopts that kind of a scheme, 
That'll be fun to watch. We'll see. We'll see There's what happens. One, one power five school I think that would have worked well for, even though they're trying to get entirely away from the option. But Georgia Tech bringing in a hybrid system like that probably would have been a real good fit. Yeah, they're trying to swing so hard, so far in the other direction that they would murder you for suggesting it. So I recommend <laughs> staying away from Atlanta, my friend. That's <laughs> I, for multiple at reasons. Least that was. That's just solid <laughs> advice. Like, it has nothing to do with what I just said. Yeah, but that's where the College Football Hall of Fame is, so I'm going to go there eventually anyway. But <laughs> Go to a Braves game. Stadium's beautiful. So I've heard. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, Liberty is consistently now up there in the bowl eligibility conversation. Would not at all surprise me if they finish top three in this conference, honestly. Um, maybe not even third. So this is this is a team I'm expecting to do very well, even though I don't know who the quarterback is. That doesn't bother me with a Jamie Chadwell system. If if they were returning with Hugh Freeze, I would say Liberty would be my favorite in this conference. I just don't know how the new system's going to look with a new coach. You that that can go many different directions. So I'm not quite ready to say that, but I do agree with you that I think they're gonna be sitting at the top of this conference. And now we have a team who's going to be sitting near the bottom of the conference. <laughs> Most likely. Yeah, Louisiana Tech brings back head coach Sonny Cumbie for his second season. Brings in a transfer quarterback. They needed an infusion of talent at that particular position. Boise State quarterback Hank Bachmeyer is coming in. Where he had a really great 2021 I don't know exactly what happened to him in 2022. I he think took a huge injury. step back. Uh, well, he he only threw the ball 94 times in a couple of games. So it was either he got benched or... Not many of those throws look good, though. That Oh, no, you sense. know what it was? You, wasn't this the situation where they fired the offensive coordinator and then he announced he was going to transfer? Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what the situation the, was. There was a, there was a storyline with Boise State and Hank Bachmeyer last year. I remember it. I forget what it is. Give me a second. Okay. Well, he's going to be throwing to wide receiver Smoke Harris, who I like quite a bit, and I also like his name. It's very fun, enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a whole lot of expectations, Louisiana Tech. <clears throat> what do you think, Bug? <laughs> Uh, well, they play an FCS school, so they will win at least one game, probably. Uh, man, probably. it's 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 going to be tough. And and we talk about you know the the turnover in this conference. Obviously, playing two FCS or playing yeah playing two FCS calls this year as well. It, it's just it's so hard to tell. You would expect this team to have some type of expectations, but they've been near the bottom of the league for so long anyway. I I really couldn't tell you what to expect out of this team. Looking at this schedule, though, I, I don't have high hopes. Three wins might be might be a challenge for them this year. Which is their win total last season. So if they can't even match that, it might spell a swift end for Sonny Cumbie, unfortunately. And it it is it is difficult when you've got three other F, FBS uh you know, group of five schools in Louisiana that are doing so well. ULL's on the rise. You, you've got the Raging Cajuns who are dominating things. And there's there's one more I can't – I'm forgetting. But I mean, Tulane is what, doing incredible things. Uh, Louisiana Monroe is another another matter. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. He was benched last year for Taylor Green out of – out of uh, well, I remember. I remember yeah. last year, Boise State started the season off pretty awful, and then something changed. We didn't know what it was, and then we looked at you know we watched a game of theirs. So like, hey, that's a different quarterback. So <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that was the right decision for them at the time. I I certainly am rooting for Hank Bachmeyer. I remember him being really fun to watch in at least in twenty twenty one, and if he can return to that, Louisiana Tech has a shot at doing be, better than that be three, a fun team. three wins. Yeah. If, if he can uh, return to his true freshman year, they're solid. Uh, but and, and solid meaning 
yeah, maybe four, five, six wins, but definitely an improvement from last year. That's what we're looking for, improvements. Uh, Middle Tennessee State doesn't necessarily need improvements. They just need to maintain. Uh, with all the conference changes, maintaining might end up being enough for them to compete for this conference crown. This is I, this is a weird relationship I have with Rick Stockstill. Uh, every every couple of years, I think he's over the hill and washed and needs to move on. Middle Tennessee would be so much better without him, and then he turns in a like nine win year again yeah. <laughs> out yep. of nowhere. So. <laughs> Yep. I really thought legitimately Rick Stockstill might end up being on the hot seat going into last season. They pull eight and five out of their ass and <laughs> look really fucking good. So <laughs> who knows? As, who knows what Middle Tennessee uh, But they do have a really fun running back in Frank Peasant uh, and a couple of good players on multiple levels of the defense. I know in recent history, I've only been able to talk about this defensive back room, but I do like Devin Curtis quite a bit at linebacker. And Marlon. Well, he's a, he's a, he's a unknown middle linebacker prospect. Of course you like him. I know. (laughs) I know my biases are well-documented on the show it's, it's okay i appreciate highlighting the the middle linebackers myself running back middle linebacker that's that's it that's the offensive line my... yeah <laughs> yeah true <laughs> this team legitimately just makes no sense like you said they're so up and down they're incredibly hard to get a grip on because even as good as they were last year they can be complete ass this year and nobody would be surprised which yeah. is Hilarious and depressing all at the same time. If you're a if you're a Blue Raiders fan, <laughs> hey, you're I mean, not wrong. If you're a Blue Raiders fan, best of luck to you. I don't know how you do it. That's that's <laughs> one emotional roller coaster. I don't think I could ride. Hopefully, they can bring <laughs> you one this year. We'll see. You know who I am a fan of, very big fan of, is the head coach Massive of Massive State. Of. Yeah, I was, yeah. Same as I. What a guy. I love this man. Legitimately Look, love I'm, him. I'm just going to go ahead and say that anytime Jerry Kill is your head coach you and you're in the Conference USA, you have a chance at a conference title. Like he, I it, don't think it, you're wrong, actually. They like do it, have a shot. Well, and the thing is, is it honestly doesn't matter. Like He's got good players on this team this year, which is massive for him but it really doesn't matter how talented your team is he is just a good coach that he maximizes the potential of everybody on that team and elevates their play which is why it doesn't matter the aggies actually have a chance this year at being college football relevant which is something well they went to their they went to their first bowl game last year in their final years of independent and a lot of that is due to jerry kill and Yep. Diego Pavia. I mean, he's the best quarterback in school history after one season. Absolutely. And Jerry Kill's probably the best coach in school history after, after one, one season. season. Look, depending <laughs> on know. how Hank Bachmeyer plays this year, he might be the best quarterback in conference. When you uh, when you no, look at that's hard no. <laughs> when you look at their the best quarterback in conference yet. Hold up. <laughs> when you look at their first five games legitimately the only one that I would put a question mark next to is Liberty. And I expect that to be a good game. Their first ever conference game for both teams actually Mm -hmm. will be played up in Lynchburg, Virginia, but they open with UMass Western Illinois, a team that he's beat the shit out of his entire career. Anyway, (laughs) playing their rival in Albuquerque and then taking a trip to Hawaii to round out the non-conference schedule here. It's going to be this year. Do they, do they make use of the Hawaii rule? Yes, they do. Nice. Yes, because they have four or they have five non-conference games. Yep. Uh, if you heard the name Jerry Kill and you can't place it, he used to be the head coach at Minnesota. He also used to be the head coach and athletic director for Southern Illinois. And I different think before, times before he took the job at New Mexico State, uh, he retired from Minnesota for health reasons, recovered from that situation, and was an assistant to the head coach for Gary Patterson at TCU who we also very much love and respect on this show. Unfortunately, Gary Patterson's out at TCU, but Jerry Kill took that shot 
an opportunity to get himself a new head coaching position in New Mexico State, turn this team around instantly. Diego Pavia is awesome to watch. Star Thomas is awesome to watch. They actually have a good left tackle who I want to hear you try to pronounce his first name. So this is going to be very entertaining for me. It's it's going to be uh, Shiaz Pete. Shiaza. It's fine. It's good enough. Uh, and Cyrus Dumas at corner is a really good one. And I just, you get the reference now. You know why I laugh every time at Dumas. No, I already knew. It's just that much better now. <laughs> think of it every time (laughs) but yeah Diego Pavia legitimately was in my estimation the second best quarterback in this conference Hank Bachmeyer comes in to potentially rest that wrestle that away from him but based off his performance last year I don't think it's close Diego Pavia right now is definitively the second best quarterback in this conference and that's amazing thing to say about a New Mexico State player uh, yeah, still, if we just went back weird. a couple of years ago, I that, want this team sounds... to compete for the conference right. title so much. So we're going to get to another team that was doing this, but wasn't New Mexico State floating the idea of dropping to the FCS? That was speculated by a few folks outside the program. I never heard that from okay. anyone actually close well, to the program. It's fair. I think it's legitimately safe to say that Jerry Kill has saved this program, and I oh, I expect them to be competing for the conference championship this year. That's not even a hope. That's an expectation, and I think they have that expectation going into this year, which whenever this was announced they're going to Conference USA without Jerry Kill there, I'm sure nobody thought that was even a remote possibility. Well, and it's, it's worth it to note, too, that for this – the conference title is going to be decided just by regular season performance because they only have nine teams, right? You need 10 for the, to qualify for a conference championship. You used to need 12 that yeah. was technically dropped yeah, because the I big 12 was reinstated it at 10. So that's who knows. Again, it's all up to the whims of the NCAA and what they decide. In that I, I don't understand why the NCAA gets a, a, a say in it anyway, but that's, that's a completely different discussion. Yeah. Well, especially at the FBS level. I know at this yeah. point. Uh, anyway, <laughs> next team on the list is Sam Houston State, the other FCS edition for this upcoming season. Head coach KC Keeler is back for his 10th year this coming season. Uh, FCS national champions, Sam Houston State, definitely making the most of that notoriety in getting this offer. I don't know if they were really on the radar for this without putting up the kind of season that they had. A few programs have been building to this for years. Sam Houston State kind of felt like they were building towards becoming an FCS power, and then just the opportunity presented itself is what it feels like to me from the outside looking in anyway. Uh, Like we said at the beginning, they kind of redshirted their entire defense last year, so (laughs) this defense is probably going to be scary good. Uh, all healthy, all raring to go, and all with an extra year develop- development under their belts. Honestly, there are publications out there who will tell you Sam Houston State's defense might end up being the best defense in this conference, full stop. I don't know if I believe that entirely. At the same time, I do believe they have the definitive best linebacking core in this conference for sure, out the gate, year one in Conference USA. That starts with Trevor Williams and Markel Perry. Look, man, any good defense really does. Yeah, you can talk about stopping the run at the line and things like that, but any good defense truly does start with the linebackers because they're covering both levels. They're the ones who step up and fill the gaps the defensive lines don't have. So coming in with a linebacking core anchored by Trevor Williams and Markel Perry is going to be huge for them, especially like you said, they're coming in healthy and they're coming in. Honestly, their legs are rested. Yeah, they're hungry. They're ready to eat, man. And nothing says welcome to the FBS like playing your first three games on the road, two against Power Five teams, and two of them in the same city that are not, uh, you know, not your home city. <laughs> Look, Good luck, I, Sam Houston. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do got to say um, that Ethan Hagler's picture is not, in fact, a mugshot. It very much looks like one, but that is a is his official team. There. 
I've been thinking it this whole time. Um, whoever <laughs> you... is in, if you are in, listen to me, look at me. If you are in the Sam Houston Athletic Department, <laughs> you do not allow team pictures in their jerseys anymore. <laughs> Full stop. You are an FBS program now. Put them in shirts and ties. Ethan Hagler looks like he touches children. Those are some birth control glasses at, at best. Look, I, I, I will say this, I, though. When I don't I, know if he can legally be at the school because I'm pretty sure he ha- he can't be within 100 yards of a school. <laughs> Look, I will say this. I'm sorry, Ethan Hagler. Look, I, I really like good my center. Offensive. We love you. I I like when my offensive line linemen are maulers, and this dude is definitely a mauler. He's either a mauler or a diddler. That's it. Moving on. (laughs) Before we get taken off the air for slander. That's so bad. Oh, man. He's a really good offensive lineman. UTEP's here. <laughs> it, like, if their jerseys weren't orange, it wouldn't be as bad. As evidence my team photos in jerseys. Dana Dimble is back for his sixth season at the helm of UTEP. Honestly, there was some conversation that you know Dana Dimble might end up finding himself on the hot seat. They came one game shy of bowl eligibility last season, and I think – it's either put up or shut up at this point for UTEP. They're, they've been rebuilt to a solid degree. Uh, if they can't put together a bowl-type season, that would be disappointing in my eyes for them this year. I don't think they're going to compete for the conference title, but if they can at least get to 500, I think that'd be a good sign of things to come. Uh, you may recognize the defensive end there, praise Amawele. Yeah. Uh, uh, from our all America teams, now. yeah, yep. Uh, from our all America teams on Monday, he was our group of five defensive end all American. One of the two. Um, I don't know anybody else on the team comes close to that. Honestly, he's like by far the best player on this team, in my opinion. But at the same time, everybody's everybody's had a couple of years now in the program, and I think this is one of the best UTEP teams we will have seen in the past couple of years. No, that's fair. And honestly, I'm looking at this and I, if I'm an offensive line or an offense, I don't want to deal with this front seven just based on what's in front of me. No, definitely. I, I, I definitely do a lot of man. It, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do too. I mean, this five wins last year and I don't, I mean, they get to play Northwestern. So, you know, that's that's a win. So that's they, they've got at least up. one. We'll call it a toss-up. Northwestern hasn't won a game on U.S. soil in over a year. That's a win. And they just had their head coach fired this late into the uh, offseason. That, okay, that's winning fair. that game. That's UTEP fair. will have at least one win. <laughs> well, that's, that's better than none. At know? least two, they're playing FIU. They're also playing Arizona, too. So it's like... I, Arizona's they're, only they're playing come two. up though. I've I feel like Arizona's gonna be an L for UTEP. Arizona's been building for a few years, and you can start to see their coaches. That was the head coach hire that we maligned at the time because he was the wide receivers coach for the Patriots. And we're like, where where's this guy even come from? But it feels like they've made the right move. And anyway, this is not a Pac 12 preview. This is conference USA. We're talking about UTEP. What what what's depressing for me, and I think probably for UTEP fans too, is you would have thought with all the teams that were leaving, looking at North Texas, UTSA, you know, your top teams that were leaving, you're like, oh man, it's gonna be a chance. But then Liberty comes in, New Mexico State comes in and comes in hot out of nowhere. I mean, it, right. It it really feels Honestly, like they don't make any Houston up. coming in. Yeah. You know, UTEP might end up being on the same and Jacksonville State. The the best part about Conference USA is all the teams that weren't there last year. <laughs> That's not entirely true. We have one yet to talk about. Hold oh. your horses, motherfucker. <laughs> this is by far the favorite to win the conference. And I think it's uh, as much as we've talked up some of these other teams, they're chasing Western Kentucky. All of well, them are chasing Western Kentucky. I was going to say, 
and a lot of that comes down to that air raid they run. And I'm sorry, I, you're right. I overlooked Austin Reed earlier. He is by far with not only like just pure talent, but with the opportunities to throw that he's going to get, he is going to put up the highest stats in Conference USA. By far. Yeah, poten- potentially going to lead the FBS in passing yards. And it really wouldn't surprise me if he does. They are bringing in a transfer at wide receiver who ended up making our group of five All-America team as well. I did want to highlight Malachi Corley here, though, specifically for this presentation of uh, conference previews, because their running back room is not as barren as leading the FBS in passing yards makes it sound like it might be. They can still beat you in a couple of ways. And that offensive line, is no joke. Quantavius Leslie is a – I really wouldn't be surprised to see him get a look at the NFL. Uh, Upton Stout is a corner that I don't like having to play against. And honestly – That's not where I, I thought I, that I, conversation was going. <laughs> there were so many pauses in there. Upton Stout is a cornerback I don't like. That's – uh, <clears throat> nope, not what I said. So. I, I know, <laughs> but I've said this before. I think I said it in our All America preview. Like, I am legitimately interested to see how this game goes. Western Kentucky at Ohio State. Like, Western Kentucky might be putting up some points on this Ohio State defense if we're if Ohio State's yeah. not careful. And Tyson Helton has done just a phenomenal job here. At Western Kentucky. Yeah, no. Yeah, 100%. I this this team about four years ago. They've had eh, it's probably been longer than that. They've had this amazing pass offense, this amazing air raid offense for a while. What they lacked was the inability to stop literally fucking anything, which is why they really weren't all that good for a decent amount of time. And then I want to say this was actually probably four years ago or so. They played Memphis in a bowl game. And I'm like, oh, this will be similar to the last time they played them. But their defense was able to stop more. And that's what really changed the game. With this back end of this defense, especially, I mean, college football is just as much of a passing game as the NFL, with few exceptions. You know, the team that has air in the name of their school doesn't pass the ball very well. But that's neither here nor there. We'll talk the about The fact that, that this defense... Yeah, the fact that this defense has improved so drastically in the past couple years puts them on a completely different level. I'm honestly surprised they weren't coming to the American. I'm happy they weren't, uh, but I am very surprised that they're still in Conference USA, and I wouldn't be too surprised if they didn't stay there for very long with the way conference realignment has continued to shake up college football. That's true. That's true. Yeah, Yeah, so... I, I think all of us are expecting Western Kentucky to be in the top two of this conference, at the very least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it it blows my mind that like we've this is I look at this conference and there's pretty much all these teams were FCS at some point. Like right. I'm ninety nine percent sure UTEP was FCS not in the not too recent history. Western Kentucky uh, like, was. Western Kentucky I know was obviously Sam Houston State, Jacksonville State. Liberty, I don't think, even had a program and then just came in as an independent at you know the FBS level. Like and and you've got two teams joining the conference, first time in a conference, Liberty and New Mexico State. You've got four teams with second year head coaches. Right. One with a first well, you know, first year head coach at his new place, also joining the conference. I mean, this is this is gonna be a wild year for conference USA, and a lot yep. of people are gonna shit on this conference and i think rightfully so i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with i don't think there's anything wrong with that this is probably the reason we're doing this one first is this is easily the worst group of five conference and, and the bigger problem is the max next it's great we love maction the game the mac games are good but they rarely stack up to the rest of college football right that's why we right. put them second to last year with a couple exceptions I think, unfortunately, Conference USA is going to be the same way this year as well. But I wouldn't be surprised if next year we're covering the MAC first. I think this conference has a high potential to surprise me this year. This conference has – it 
this is like a fork in the road year for them. Can they turn the entire conference around with all of this new blood they just got in? Or are they going to continue down the same path that they've kind of been on and just happy being the stepping stone to every other conference? One of the best ways to find that out, honestly, no joke, it was a good segue, is looking at non-conference games because it gets to tell us how they benchmark against other good programs. Western Kentucky gets to start us off early with an American conference game against South Florida at Western Kentucky. Very excited for this one. Uh, week one of the season. So, yeah, before they before they have to come to the horseshoe, they get to start off against the USF Bulls, who are, you know, up and down in their own run yeah. at the same time. Yep. It they are they are a challenge. Their uh, their their non conference schedule is very intriguing this year. USF Houston Christian. Okay, that's a that's a gimme. But then you gotta go to the shoe, and then you gotta go down to Troy to play right. Alabama or to yeah. Alabama to Troy's, play Troy. There we go. And Troy is no joke either. So their their non conference schedule is not very forgiving this year. It starts off with the Bulls of South Florida. Um, Sam Houston. We've already said they get started off in a big way couple of really rough non-conference games for Sam Houston, but they do have a neutral site against Air Force at NRG in Houston. Uh, Sam Houston is not located in Houston, so this is still a little bit of a road appearance. It is a neutral site as much as it can be. I mean, Sam Houston is in Texas, but NRG Stadium Forum against Air Force, honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to this one. It should be very fun. This is a strength-on-strength matchup. Like, we were talking about how Sam Houston basically returned their entire defense, including their linebackers, their defensive Mm -hmm. line against air force who like Ben, you alluded to earlier, they're not going to air the ball out all that much. Uh, They are going to keep it on the ground, especially early in the season before you play army and Navy air force tries to limit their passing attempts to kind of keep some of those secret plays hidden. Uh, It's just their style. So this is going to be a strength on strength of front seven versus powerful option run game at a neutral site the weekend of September 11th, which Air Force always does something with. So this is going to be a very intriguing game all the way across. And while Sam Houston is not in Houston, Huntsville, Texas is only about an hour north of Houston. So it's going to be very interesting to see kind of what this crowd split is, right? Because Air Force, one of those schools, has a national reach for obvious reasons. It's going to be a fun atmosphere, and then you know Sam Houston gets to go back the next week too. But that's a different that's a different game completely. I will say, if this were Air Force against Western Kentucky, I would be significantly more scared uh, because Air Force doesn't know what a pass defense is. But we'll see. This is still a not a walk in the park kind of game. And also UTEP at Northwestern, a game we've already discussed a little bit. Also September nine. This one is in Evanston, Illinois. Sleepy Evanston. Uh, yeah, I I think UTEP's probably going to win that game. So let's be real. <laughs> Depends how long they keep the grass up there. That, is that might true. be their only hope at this point. 12-inch grass. That might be their only hope at this point. <laughs> like, we can't see the running back. Where is he? No, that'd be if Tug were playing running back. <laughs> Deuce Hall make the NFL. Uh, so I do want to discuss who we think is going to actually win this conference. I know we've all kind of said Western Kentucky to this point. I don't know if I even actually 100% believe that. I think it's like a 70% shot right now in my mind. that Western Kentucky is the best team in this conference and probably pulls this out. Honestly, to me, though, Middle Tennessee State, Liberty, both have a really good shot at competing for the Conference USA title. And I'll hand it off to you guys. I don't really know who I would take for sure right now. I'm Like I've said, I'm like 70% leaning Western Kentucky, though. Look, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm, I'm going to give the shout out to probably our favorite coach in this conference. Um, this I think this conference is going to come down to the game between Western Kentucky and uh, New Mexico State. And Jerry Kill has a very well 
very well coached defense, very disciplined defense, and a solid offense to boot. I'll go ahead and say in a toss-up game, I'm going to give that to Jerry Kill. So I'm going to give New Mexico State a vote here. That's that's wow. bold. That's yeah, it is bold. Uh, you got to have fun, right? It's it's our I, show. I, I respect I it, but damn, that's bold. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I also respect it, but yes, that is incredibly bold. I I'm going to stick with Western Kentucky as my champion here. Um. Although I will say, I think 2-3 is probably going to be some combination of New Mexico State and, frankly, probably Liberty. I have a lot of faith in Jamie Chadwell. I know it's his first year here. Uh, and, obviously, moving into a conference changes things. Uh, but I do I do think it's going to be Western Kentucky at the top. All right. 2-1 to one for Western Kentucky. And... We'll see how badly that looks at the end of the year. <laughs> but that that actually does it for Conference USA. In this same audio episode, we're going to be looking at a couple of independents here, though. Um, now, we have all at different times expressed our feelings on whether or not being an independent should even be allowed at this point in college football. It, it feels kind of shitty. Uh, it is. I really wish the Army uh, – uh, Army would be in the conference with Navy. That'd be really fun. Uh, UConn and UMass both just feel like they're on the outside looking in of three, four different potential homes, and they none of really, them make perfect sense. I was going to say, I don't know if they actually fit anywhere. Right. Bring so, bring the Big East back for football, and then we can have a conversation. That, don't that don't do that. It's going to piss UConn me off. And UMass. It's going to piss me off a lot if they bring that conference back. <laughs> Please don't do that. Okay. Sure. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) But let's start us off with Army here. Um, Man, I don't know what to expect of this offense at all. So Army, the past couple years, has been in a very interesting place where Right. They are still run first, but they have a quarterback that can actually throw the ball decently well. And they have a tight end that can actually catch the ball. So that, man, it makes this, this offense hard to predict. Um, I don't quite know which way they're going to go. It can go either way. They're still going to primarily run the ball and they run it hard. It's just, like you said, I don't know what to make out of this offense this year. Yeah, this is it feels like a team that could either go like 10 and 2 or we could very easily see them be like 5 and 5 going into Navy week and we're like holy shit, what's going to happen? Yep. Uh <laughs> 5 and 6, I guess going into Navy week. Yep. So, it, it's Honestly, as much as I started off with, I don't know what this defense is going to do. I have less understanding of what this defense is going to look like. And that's not even saying that the defense is going to be bad. It's just like we we haven't seen them go against like any big power opponents in recent uh, recent enough memory to know what these underclassmen are going to look like coming into like their junior and senior years now. Yep. Uh, I know – the name Quindrelin Hammonds, I don't remember how good he is when stacked up against quality competition. So to to make a real projection of what Army's gonna do this season, I I don't even know. <laughs> it's it's tough too because they just lost their key piece in Andre Carter. Um right. so this defense is going to regress to some degree. The question is how much. Yeah, it's. I'm curious to see what they do against LSU because typically when you see Army, Navy, Air Force playing a Power Five opponent like that, you've got a little bit in your mind of, hey, they might pull this out. They very well could. Well, and historically, all three of those schools against insert Power Five, they usually hang with them for the first half and halfway through the third quarter, and then mm-hmm. it goes to hell real quick. And that's what that's what I'm trying to figure out is. Where, where are they going to fit in against LSU? And I, 
it's unfortunate that it's so late in the season to kind of be that, you know, quote unquote litmus test. Sure. They play Syracuse and Boston college beforehand. They play a couple other power five opponents earlier in the season, but let's be real. It's, it's Syracuse and Boston college. It is not the same as going down to Baton Rouge and playing LSU. Exactly. We'll see what happens. There's not, it's unfortunate that they do play Navy so late in the season because they go in five and six. They will not go to a bowl game much like they did this past season. So we'll see what happens here. I don't know. I'm really five and six. That game becomes much more interesting to me. It always is. I'm much more excited to see what happens for this next team because Jim Mora has breathed new life into this program that with their 12 year old running back. Yeah. They were looking at going FBS or FCS rather, and now they're trying to find their way into a you know a group of five, potentially a power five conference for football. I mean, this is Jim Moore has done, you know, as much as we sang the praises of Jerry Kill, Jim Moore has done something unthinkable and completely absurd at UConn. In one year at that, too. In one right. year. And it's and, not even like they were getting cheap wins. This was a very good team. I was actually more surprised at some of the close games they lost. Right. Right. And you may recognize two of these names if you watched our show Monday. Christian Haynes and Jackson Mitchell both made our group of five All-America team the preseason as well. This is a legitimately talented team. And, man, Jim Mora is a miracle worker, basically, for the Huskies. There's no other way to put it. This is this has been a miraculous turnaround. At the same time, I don't want to overstate my expectations of them. I don't think they're going to be like a nine-win team here. It's this is very realistically a six or seven-win team again. But two years straight of bowl eligibility would be unheard of. Yep. In you know just three years ago, right? We were all yeah. talking about when are they going to the FCS? Not even if they might. <laughs> <laughs> has UConn ever been a good football school? Like have, that's that's never been their thing. No, it's, uh, they've, it, they've, they've had a, like a good season before. I think they're, they're a college basketball. Yeah, well, blood. we all know year. that. Yeah. <laughs> we we all know that they're a true college basketball blue blood, and because of that, they haven't really committed at all to football. So it's been kind of hit or miss with them, and it's they've never been. Even in the Big East, they were never one of those top teams. Their toughest game is Tennessee. I mean, that ain't bad. If that's your toughest game. In Tennessee or in stores? Of course, of course it's in Knoxville. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> they were uh, they went nine wins a couple of times with Randy Edsel in the mid-2000s. Um, okay. like they don't have a complete history of failure here. It's, no, they they've just, just been uh, like an average team. They haven't had a winning season before last year. They hadn't had a winning season since 2010, though. Well, they didn't so even have a winning they, season yeah, last year. Yeah, they still year. haven't had a winning season. That is that is true. <laughs> they that just six and seven. Yeah, they didn't have a completely awful season last year. Go, I mean, going to the Myrtle Beach Bowl though, Marshall had a very good season last year. It was going to be a tough yeah. one to win regardless. So right, right. Moving right well, along, leaves though. us one more team where the outlook is much less bright. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, his name is Tyson Foe. I'm not saying the rest of those letters. It's Pumachan. If you would remember him at, potentially as a former Clemson quarterback who stepped in briefly um, and was never seen again at Clemson. <laughs> Just I don't remember. To Amherst, uh, and no one else heard from him again. No, he transferred to Georgia Tech, actually, and couldn't wrestle the starting job away. And then Jeff Sims just transferred into Georgia Tech. So Tyson Pupachon was like, I need to leave again. Let's find somewhere where I can actually start. And UMass needed a quarterback so desperately. They're like, we will take you, please. I mean, uh, so shit, former... I could go start at UMass. <laughs> like that is a lie. You are three foot nothing. So the <laughs> Tyson Pumachan is at least a former, I believe, four star quarterback prospect out of high school. Uh, hasn't lived up to that potential, uh, but there is reason to be optimistic there. He does have the athletic traits to do this. It's just a matter of if 
UMass can actually put it all together. This is Don Brown's second stint as UMass's head coach. This is his second season in his second stint at UMass. In between then, he was also a defensive coordinator for Michigan at one point, and those defenses were not very good, honestly. <laughs> Uh, that was that was a rough time in their history. I'm very excited to say, uh, but <laughs> <clears throat> he is back as the head man of UMass, trying to resurrect a program really in decline, and they did not do very well last year, and probably it, won't again this year. Let's be real. <laughs> is it? Re- can we really say it's been in decline if it's always kind of just been this bottom of the barrel type team? They were they really FCS have been. national champions. Came up to the FBS level and sucked ass. That, so yeah, that's 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 what I'm saying though. Like they were in the Mid America Conference and then left the MAC because they felt like they couldn't compete. That's where UMass is. At. This is this is what I'm saying though. Like, have they? Is it really in decline or is it just really not good? There's a difference there. I, I don't I don't understand why they went up to the FBS. They're in the A-10, which is, for all intents and purposes, a FBS conference, or FCS conference, rather. I don't... I don't... Army should be in a conference. UConn should go back to a conference. UMass should absolutely go back down to the FCS. I mean, that's just that's just where we're at. UMass fitting in very well into the CAA, right? It would be... It'd be beautiful, or or even the or even the uh, NEC, right. or the A10. Like they Anything. have these, yeah. Does the A10 right. have the football? Patriot. The A10 does not have football. Uh, okay. I think they. I think that translates to the NEC. I'm not positive. There. Either either way. Yeah, either way. They've got Whatever. they've got one game that I think they legitimately have a chance to win, and it's against Merrimack. They do play the other two independents, and I think they're going to get absolutely smoked. It, it, this is. This is unfortunate to have a team that is legitimately this bad. I don't know that we're going to talk about another team at the FBS or FCS level that has such low aspirations this year. Yeah, I think you're really at at UMass this year. Your your goal is three wins, which is brutal, but it's like, it's true. As- if you can hit three wins, you're like, holy shit, we're on the rise. We are making We're doing something right. Look, as long as Don Brown doesn't promise to double the win total from last year and fall short. <laughs> you know. Hugh Jackson, well, that, that is one hundred percent calling you out. He's now at Grambling State, so it's <laughs> a <laughs> That's a different concern. And, and Ben, there is one team we're gonna talk about that has just as low of aspirations. You already highlighted them. I think it's Northwestern. <laughs> <laughs> but even they play even they play some FCS teams, right? Well, and and even Northwestern is a team who competed for a Big 10 championship as recently as like 2 3 years ago. Yeah, but fuck like, that coach, he's fired. Okay. I'm not going to talk about Northwestern on this show and, and okay. all that shit. Yeah, we can we can save that for the Big 10 preview at at, at very least. <laughs> Yeah, more more information I'm sure will come out by then. Oh man. Anyway, as but, we yeah. wrap up kind of this uh this show if you're an audio listener or watching this on YouTube, uh, when I look at the the independence, the first thing I think is join a fucking conference and the second thing thing I think <laughs> the second thing I think is there is definitely a class all to themselves and that's army. Realistically, you stack them up against UConn. It's kind of a toss-up of who's going to have you know the better record and be the best independent. Obviously, we are leaving out Notre Dame. We've covered that a couple times. We'll get to them in the ACC where it makes yep. sense to talk about them. Uh, and then there's there's UMass, and it's unfortunate that we have a team like that, but that's just where we're at. So, what are you going to do? No, exactly. Right, right. I have, I don't know what there is to do. Uh, for UMass, but UConn is at least headed in the right direction and made Jim Mora made them very fun to watch. So I can, I can look forward to that <laughs> and hopefully can also look forward to army, not winning another commander in chief's trophy. They didn't that win last be, year. They didn't, they did not. Right. 
that no, they did not. Did not. Correct. So that's what I'm looking forward to is them not yep. winning it again. That's why I said it that way. And then you confuse me. Well, Thanks. you confuse me. We confused each <laughs> other. Let's move on. Uh, but hey, Tug, can I get you to read these links for our audio listeners? Not now. Oh, because oh, we're going to split it separately. Yes, I'm sir. learning. <sighs> I, I think you came up with this plan just to make me read them multiple times. That Maybe. is not the only reason, but it certainly <laughs> was a stated benefit in my plan. <laughs> All right. For our audio listeners out there, if you want to follow our links, they are linked in the description below, as always. But please come visit us at patreon.com slash Football. Twitter.com slash BDT football, Facebook.com slash BDT football, Instagram.com slash BDT underscore football, BDT football.com, mailbox at BDT football.com, YouTube.com slash at big dudes in the trenches. Our Discord will be linked. I'm sorry, I'm not reading that out. And you have twitch.tv slash big dudes in the trenches, all one word, no capitals. As URLs typically are. Well, you can capitalize. Look at the Discord link. <laughs> if you're watching us on Twitch, hang with us for a second. Uh, and we will uh, be right back. If you're yep. listening, come find our Mac episode. Or if you're on YouTube, come find our Mac episode. You don't want to miss that either. We'll see you all in a little bit, maybe. Yep, very shortly. See ya. See ya.